0: Hey everyone, this is Paul, owner of Stark CrossFit, Stark Strength and Conditioning. Uh, We are on our fourth podcast right now, and we have Craig Gilbert with us, one of our coaches here at Stark, uh, primarily a weightlifting coach and uh, certified badass. Hey, Craig.
1: Hey, Laurel listeners, how are you all doing? It's a pleasure to be here. Just want to say thanks to Paul for making this available, and thanks to you guys for giving us a few minutes to listen.
0: Thanks, Craig. So uh, I just wanted to kind of start out. Maybe like 20 years ago, Craig and I uh, kind of worked together at uh, a place called Crazy's Car Clinic, installing like car audio and alarms and all that fun stuff. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was a, a fun work environment, um, especially with the other couple guys there, Ken and Dwayne, uh, and Dong. And uh, always always good stories from back then. But. Um, kind of ran into Craig again when uh, he had uh, messaged me on Facebook. Uh, I was running a boot camp out of Bronx Park Community Center at the time and uh, it was primarily the, the desperate housewives of East St. Paul that were uh, coming to that uh, boot camp. So uh, Craig had some interest and shown up at uh, six in the morning and uh, to grind it out with uh, with all these ladies and Uh, That was kind of our our reintroduction together and uh, just to see like how far he's come since then to, uh, you know, the, the medal winning weightlifter, master's weightlifter that he is now is, uh, is pretty amazing. So I kind of wanted to talk to him about uh, a bit about his journey and, um, you know, what, what makes him tick and what motivates him. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think something that some of you all might want to, want to hear about. So just want to, uh, just want us to talk about maybe your, your training schedule, Craig. Um, I like to bring this up because I know you have a lot going on um, with, with your son, Lucas. Uh, you work crazy shift work. He's just, just got off a shift right now and came to the gym to do this podcast. And then he's actually going back to, to work later on this evening. So, um, you know, he's, he's got a love life to maintain as well. And I uh, just want to know, how, how do you get it all in? How do you plan this all, Craig?
1: Well, when we talk about trying to make times for uh, training versus life versus kids and whatnot, obviously we're, everybody's primarily concerned with balance, right? So I'm always trying to find balance here. And I'm actually fortunate Paul mentioned, yeah, well, shift work like that would be a detriment, but it's actually not because I have a lot of days and mornings off. So primarily, yeah, I can take Lucas, my boy's six, I can drop him off at kindergarten and then I can go train for the morning or I can get off a midnight shift at eight in the morning and I can go train in the morning and stuff. I'm primarily a morning person when it comes to training. Normally by the end of the day, I just kind of suck at everything. So I like to get that done early. So yeah, I'm a little bit fortunate there that I don't have a normal nine to five grind. So I have some days uh, available for that. And uh, yeah, so when I try to try uh like prioritize try to plan this sort of stuff um i like to set it up i don't know a week or two in advance i just get on my phone and i try to actually schedule okay this is gonna work here's where i got two hours for the gym here's where i don't and i try to get some structure ahead of time so that when time comes i'm not left you know holding the mic and thinking oh what do i got to do here right you know, and so I try to I try to set it up like that, just so I have a, an idea of what my week or my two weeks might be like with regards to school and everything. In terms of love life, yeah, uh, sometimes you just got to put them on the side and you got to grind it out in the gym, right? <laughs> but fortunately, I'm I'm dating a gym a gym badass, as you all know, Miss Lori Krause. and so she doesn't really mind that if I make the gym a priority because it's a big priority too for her. So it's good to have
0: some support there as well. Cool. That's awesome. It's, uh, I know that the word balance is, is thrown around a lot. And I know if, um, you know, if you're really trying to, to make something work, then there's balance is a very fine line. And I know you might not get all the, the high quality training in that you want. Um, and sometimes it is very tough, but, but even putting in that training time is, is better than nothing or better than, you know, better than skipping, uh, skipping training sessions over and over again because then sometimes you can just tend to fall into a bit of a funk um one thing I want to ask you about is like what do you do like for for shift work when you're when you're training and uh or you, you finish a shift it's a night shift um or you're just really you know really bagged how do you prioritize or do you modify your workouts accordingly depending on like you know how tired you are or uh or just how you're feeling well, I'm just going to flat out ignore that question for now because I had an idea, but
1: I forget my ideas really quick. <laughs> and you mentioned balance and everybody's trying to find balance and stuff. And, you know, it's it's challenging for everybody. And I just wanted to throw in there that the one of the things that helps me find balance in, you know, training versus life versus work versus all that stuff is that you have to have goals. If you don't have goals in you know in your training specifically for for this podcast if you don't have training goals if you don't know what you want to do you will have difficulty then balancing your training with with your life because it'll be a little bit aimless right if your goal is to well you know what i want to be the best in the world well then obviously your balance is going to tip towards training and you're going to be okay with that because you have an established goal if your goal is you know what i just want to be a little bit more fit, I want to go to the gym and and have a good time with like minded individuals and stuff then it's easier to find balance the other way, right so I think if you're out there and you're thinking, well, how do I find balance and stuff? I think a good starting point is you have to establish kind of an overall fitness goal for yourself maybe, and that'll help guide, help guide that a little bit paul's put the mic in my mouth yeah, but in it, Paul's pantomiming here, and I'm not quite sure, so I'm just gonna talk closer to the mic, and uh, and I'm gonna assume that's what he's uh, aiming at. So I think your other question there, that before I so rudely interrupted you, you're asking about uh, like what do you do when you're bagged? How do you do you, do you scale or whatnot? Right? Mm, that's kind of a good question. Uh, normally, if if I uh, if I plan my training out, I can make some kind of allowances for being tired or for being rushed or for being, Paul, turn your watch off. Or for being rushed or for being busy and stuff, right? I like to train in the morning because even if I'm tired, then it's, you have like the maximum energy level for the day and then the rest of your day, you can kind of, you know, if your energy is down, you can just conduct yourself accordingly, right? I'm not a big fan of training in the evening because if I've had a long day and I'm tired, then, then that's tough, right? so i'll just try to I'll try to look for opportunities to to time my training accordingly to how i'm going to feel and stuff like that but uh normally my shift work i'm fortunate I normally get some sleep, so I'm not normally completely deprived when I'm in the gym
0: cool um I know you were talking about uh about goals, and uh I remember it was a while ago um when you were, when you weren't doing weightlifting specifically and you were doing some more CrossFit and I had, you know, asked you what motivates you. And, and I ask a lot of individuals kind of what motivates you to keep coming and keep doing what you're doing and, you know, dropping down and jumping back up doing, you know, 50 burpees in a row, like filthy 50 today. Like I was watching other people do like, you know, you could, you could easily go to a, you know, the gym and just jump on an elliptical for 30 minutes and call that your workout. But, you know, um, I just remember you were very consistent with the workouts. They're, you know, they're not easy. You're always pushing yourself. You're always suffering. And I I had asked Craig what motivates him. And he said that uh, his little boy, Lucas, motivated him. And he said every time he thought about skipping the gym, he would... Look at Lucas and say, like you know, to himself, get your ass to the gym, not to Lucas. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he said, like, I wanted to be able to do more with him, and uh, you know, be able to go, you know, tobogganing and stuff, and not just be the the dad that's like dragging his butt up the hill, but like being able to like run up the hill with the the toboggan under one arm and Lucas under the other. And uh, and uh, that was that's pretty cool having that type of motivation to to get you out the door and get you to the gym. And, you know, everyone's got some different motivation, but it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, the goals do change from time to time and stuff like that, but, uh, it's good to have something that you are wanting and willing to work for. So my, uh, my next question for you there, Craig is what makes a good weightlifter? You've dedicated, uh, you know, all your, all your time and training right now to weightlifting specifically. What do you, what do you think makes a good, good weightlifter for someone starting out?
1: Mm, well, for someone starting out, there would be what makes a good weightlifter. There would be two primary criteria. Like if you wanted to be technical, then it's somebody with short arms and legs and a long torso. That would make a good weightlifter. You have the perfect levers to mechanically move a lot of weight over the head. That's why 53 kilogram men can clean and jerk triple body weight. And people my size at the Olympic level can do double because they're just mechanically built for weightlifting. But obviously, that's, that's not a limiting factor. There's a wide range of body types in the sport. So if I was going to say what would be a good weightlifter, it would probably be, uh, in large part, what makes a good anything in terms of sport. What makes a good figure skater or a good hockey player or a good crossfitter, right? You know, primarily, you have to be in love with both the sport and the process, right? It's one thing you got to love is weightlifting, you know, just doing it, the movement, the proprioceptive feedback you get, all the, all the stimuli that you get from doing that. You have to enjoy that. That's going to make you want to do it. And you have to love the process, right? The, the grind, the, the training, right? Doing back squats when you don't want to do back squats and doing poles and doing all this stuff when you're tired. So those two things and that, you know, that, that can definitely match or overcome your, your lankiness if you're someone like me who's tall with long arms and legs and probably shouldn't be trying to put things overhead. You know, those things are are at least as important or probably a little bit more for uh, for being a good weightlifter.
0: Cool. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, you know being in love with the process, like Craig said, and, uh, and committing yourself to it, not just like, Oh, I'm, you know, I want to do weightlifting or I want to become a weightlifter and then try it for a month and, and then be like, Oh, this is really hard. Like, yeah, it is going to be really hard. It is an Olympic sport. And, uh, the movements that, uh, that you do the, the snatch and the clean and jerk are, you know, the most technical movements that we do in the gym here. And, People with, you know, mobility issues, uh, you're going to have a lot of trouble with that getting into the optimal positions uh, for receiving the bar. And um, it does take time. Like, you know, anytime I ask people when they're, you know, learning um, in base camp, just how are the movements feeling and stuff like that, they're saying awkward or different. And, you know, that's totally normal because they've never done them before. So, um, you know, commitment to the process is, is huge. And just you know, putting in putting in time day after day so that uh, you can move forward with it rather than maybe just just thinking, you know, a week or two from now where you should be versus, you know, if, if you're committed to it and you're really in love with it, just spending, you know, spending years uh, working on getting better. So uh, what, what do you think about what age should someone uh, start training weightlifting, Craig?
1: Uh... You know what, like, uh, I'm just going to, again, ignore this question and go back to the last question because I had an idea, but like I said, I'll forget right away. My mo- my brain is a steel trap, right? Nothing gets in. And my memory is also very good, but it's also very short. Talking about a good weightlifter or a good anything, um, aside from loving it and loving the process, I would think the biggest, uh, the biggest factor that would influence your success would be For this particular sport, and probably for most, it would be patience and coachability. This uh, weightlifting in particular, and uh, in the CrossFit world, probably gymnastics as well, are the two things that probably take the longest. They're very high skill. They take a lot of reps. They take a lot of time. It's very easy to get frustrated and to go extended periods without actually seeing progress. Doesn't mean there's no progress. It just means that you might not see it just yet. So, you know, the patient person who's who's good for the long haul, I think that would be a trait that would definitely contribute to success. And uh, further to that, uh, flat-out coachability, right? The ability to just do what your coach needs you to do. Might not feel comfortable. Probably for a long time, it won't feel comfortable. You're going to think that things like, hey, my coach is trying to make me look dumb because I feel dumb. You're thinking my coach is trying to make me do the impossible because I can't do it. You're gonna think, you know what, this, this guy's a dick. He's only here to make me sad. It's, it might be 1% true, but 99% false. You just gotta trust in the process and be coachable and just accept that, you know what, I gotta do what I'm told. These people are gonna guide me and uh, that's gonna influence your development as well. So good weightlifters would have to be short with long, nope, sorry, short arms and legs, long torso. Love the sport, love the process. Coachable, patient. There we go. Now we can move on. I'm out of ideas. Uh, When should somebody start training in weightlifting? Well, weightlifting is generally what's known as a late specialization sport, Uh, kind of along the lines of hockey, soccer, stuff like that. You don't see a lot of young high-level athletes doing it. Uh, by contrast, something like gymnastics is an early specialization sport where if you want to excel at the world level, your kids got to be doing gymnastics when they're five years old, right? So weightlifting, if your kids... Uh, I subscribe to the long-term athletic development model that Canada uses for a lot of their sports. Uh, the first stage of that sport is basically training fundamentals. It's putting the, the fun into training. It's maybe for weightlifting, it might be up to about 10 years old. So up to about 10 years old you're looking at just incorporating it like you would with a number of sports why right? Just uh, more exposure for your kid. you're just building an overall fit or physical literacy literacy. I can say it, but I just can't read it. you know and it's not really uh, it's not really a focus right It's just a little something extra that they're doing right? You know, in the second stage of that model, which would be do-do-do-do, like learn to train, I think it's called. You're looking at maybe 10 to 14 years old or stuff, is now when you can start to focus on technique, you can start to go to like a a two-sport career, right? You know, you can start to focus a little bit. You could introduce them to competition at that point. Maybe uh, they can start to handle very light training loads you know, and they're still learning. The point there is that they're still growing. They haven't reached their second uh, growth spurt yet. So there's no real point in in going for like heavy strength training at that age and stuff. And then once you're 15, 16 years old, that's where specialization would occur, right? Your body can really adapt to high volume. You can uh, do high strength, Uh, very plastic, your brain and your neuro system. You can learn technique and refine it very easily. So 15, 16 years old, you could start to specialize if that was your thing. Uh, The best junior lifters in the world are maybe they start uh, international competition around 20-ish. You know, a lot of the top-level lifters, their first Olympics might be around 22. The average age of Olympians, I think, is around 25. And then at 26, you're done, they throw
0: you in the closet. (laughs) Yeah, and... uh... I think it's, I think it's something that, um, you don't want to, you know, burn your kids out on. And it's, I know we're talking more specifically about weightlifting, but, um, you know, we got parents that want training for their, for their kids, for hockey and everyone, everyone wants, you know, wants their kid to be faster and more explosive and stuff. And it's like, well, your kid can't squat. So let's get them squatting first or, um, you know, doing, doing something different, not just the, a dedicated sport at a young age, like, you know, say that hockey player was doing some gymnastics or swimming, um, in the off time and stuff like that. Like I know hockey is very demanding. Um, but if you came into, you know, weightlifting a little bit later on and had a background with swimming which requires a good amount of mobility in the shoulders, um, you know, the, the hand-eye coordination required for hockey and then maybe the the body awareness and say some gymnastics, um, you know, if you'd go into weightlifting after that, like, you know, that's you'd be able to, to pick things up a lot quicker and you'd have a, a fairly well-balanced background to, to assist you. Um, you know, I know we've had some kids start up in here that have done gymnastics or dance or a martial art that requires a lot of patterns and technique and control. And uh, they're very, very mobile, not, not hyper mobile or anything like that, but uh, just you show them what you want them to do and they do it exactly like like you show them. And it's like, okay, it's taken that guy like a year over here just to get this movement down and you're able to replicate what I just showed you. So, um, you know, i, I it's kind of, nice to see that uh it's a sport that you don't have to start when you're extremely young to uh to progress with
1: yeah definitely not to excel um like you just said it would be the type of thing where you would just want a variety of sports at a young age and then once the kid was older and a little more competent physically then you then you might decide to specialize if it was something that he loved uh yeah you mentioned hockey and stuff there where i train Uh, They do a lot of concurrent hockey dryland stuff. The hockey players all do Olympic weightlifting, but it's always only as a a component, right? There's still agility, there's still strength, there's still gymnastics, and there's still skill work, right? So it's always important with your kids, uh, unless they want to be gymnasts, it seems, they can specialize. But anything else, it's really important to maintain that balance. And not uh, not bear down on them too hard, too young. Like Paul said, there we definitely don't want to be burning out any kids.
0: Not at all. Um, so, what are what are the most common things a new lifter should be doing and should be focusing on? Uh, we'd already talked about you know, sometimes you can get pretty frustrated with, with training and feel like you're not making a whole lot of progress, but, uh, maybe some, some words of wisdom for, you know, some newer lifters that have fallen in love with the sport, but, um, once again, may not, may not feel like they're making, you know, progress overnight, which shouldn't be happening, but, uh, any suggestions there, Craig?
1: Um, new to the sport, uh, there's, Pretty much, I would almost, I don't like saying flat out or, or making 100% statements because then I always get proved wrong about four minutes later, but I would say almost flat out from the start, it's got to be a technical focus and a mobility focus, Right. You always say like work on your technique and the weight will come. Obviously people are really keen to put weight up quickly, especially in a, in a gym environment where they see other people doing it and they see the rewards for, uh, for a big bar slam, a big PR, right? They see a lot of cheers and you want that, right? You know, you gotta be patient, you gotta be po- coachable. We wanna stick with technique first, the weights will come. Uh, secondly, mobility is uh, really important to be a good weightlifter. You're gonna need good squat mobility, a lot of ankle dorsiflexion. you gotta get full range of movement in your hips. Uh, back especially, you need upper back to maintain a good overhead posture, a good shoulder mobility. These things take a lot of time. They take a lot of patience, but uh, those would be the two really important things to focus on at the start.
0: Yeah, mobility is huge for, for a lot of people. Sometimes we end up getting people coming in and, uh, you know, their friend made some really, really great gains from, from doing CrossFit and weightlifting. And, you know, they're, they've are they been sitting behind a desk, though, for, you know, 30, 40 years. So their shoulders are like rolled forward. They can't put both arms up over their head um, with a PVC pipe and, and hold a bar in the optimal position for, you know, a snatch and uh, or an overhead squat. And it's kind of like, well, it's, it's going to take a little bit of work to get there. So, um, you know, we've had, some people that have done some amazing homework and and gotten some great mobility from it, and then others that uh, kind of neglect that part and they just want to focus on the trying to move the weights and trying to move heavier weights and you know they're always they're always going to be stuck because there's going to be certain positions that you need to get into to go heavier, and if you can't hit those positions, then you're going to be struggling quite a bit
1: yeah it's almost like clockwork what Paul said there. Um, you can kind of see the two camps sometimes in the gym. There's strong guys. They're physically very strong. They can put weight overhead up until a point, but then they'll plateau, and they'll kind of stay there for a long time and start to get frustrated, and eventually they'll come and they'll say, what do I need to do? You, you missed... They'll or they'll quit, <laughs> right? You missed out on possibly six, seven, eight months of good technical and mobility improvement by lifting, basically with your mentality of, I'm just going to do it with my strength, right? You know, you see that happens, and just from the start, you would want to focus on your technique there. The other side of that coin, you see people who come into the gym quite often, and uh, they might not have a lot of physical strength. You know, they might be slimmer, they might be new to, to weightlifting or to CrossFit in general. They have almost no, uh, no choice but to focus on technique first, and they really excel. They really pick it up quick, they make good
0: gains, and they really have a lot of fun doing it yeah I can uh, I can remember several individuals that uh, you know if you if you don't work on the mobility aspect and, and make progress with that um, you're going to get stuck with those movement patterns as well. And you're just going to be training yourself to, you know, say you you can't catch the bar in a full squat snatch and you can only catch it to a certain weight in a power position. And and your limiter is you not being able to get lower and and receive that bar overhead. Um, You know, say you do go and put in this work uh the mobility work required to get that full squat in so you know now you've got a beautiful full squat but you've just spent you know the previous 6 or 8 or 12 months learning a movement pattern where you were only able to catch a bar at a certain height and now you have to retrain yourself to to be able to to receive that bar lower and uh and that takes a lot of work too so now it's not only the mobility part it's retraining that Neuromuscular system, so that you can you can change those movement patterns and be able to to catch the bar, you know, the way you you maybe should have initially, um, you know, without those uh, without those mobility restrictions.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. A lot of studies have shown. And uh, just on a side note, I just noticed that I'm a little bit stuffy. So if I sound like I have my head in the toilet right now, I don't, and I apologize if it's making you mad. But when we talk about uh, training versus retraining, Paul brought up a really good point there. You know, a lot of studies have shown, and I don't have the exact numbers, but uh, I'll just throw out some, some arbitrary so you get the idea. Let's say you want to learn a snatch, and you're learning from start, and you're going to do it properly from the start. You could learn to snatch well, passably, enjoy it, move good. You know, maybe a few hundred reps. It could be two to three hundred reps, arbitrary number. If you learned to snatch poorly from the start and you want to retrain, that retraining is going to take you ten times as long. So instead of two or three hundred, yeah, Paul's nodding like like the only thing missing is he's holding up the Bible in the air saying, preach, brother, preach, right? Right. To learn a movement, you could take two, 300 reps. To relearn a movement after already learning it poorly could take two to 3,000. So just think about how you want to prioritize your gym time. It's valuable to all of us. We all have lives. I know we're getting a little bit preachy, but it's that important that we focus on good movement and technique right
0: from the start. And that's not just for weightlifting specifically. This is for, you know, life in general. Like, the better you can move, the less joint restrictions you have, the more mobility you have. Like, as you get older and you're able to maintain that, you're going to be able to move a lot better and and do a lot more and have way more quality of life. And if you ever want to do a trip to, like, Singapore or something like that and they don't have toilets there and you have to squat and hold your body weight while you're using a hole in the ground, like, you're going to be happy that you were doing CrossFit. We actually had some people that have gone. Uh, I'm trying to remember one of our Eric, uh, one of our members Eric had. Uh, Mongolia, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it was Mongolia. Maybe uh, he had like sent me a picture of like the toilet when he was there, and he's like, "I'm glad I do CrossFit, so he's actually able to use those things and uh, not have a problem with it." So that was pretty cool. So this this question, this next question sort of piggybacks on the previous uh, a little bit. When's the right time to start adding more weight and when is it too soon, Craig? Well, I would answer
1: that by saying that the name of the sport is weightlifting. So the time to add more weight is yesterday, right? It's not not weightlifting, it's weightlifting. So we want to be adding weight to the bar. That's an absolute goal. We want to enjoy it. We want to progress. We want to excel. But the proviso for that is as long as your technique permits it, right? You know, and that goes back to being coachable and trusting your coach. Uh, lots of times somebody will be in the gym. I know they're having a strong day. They, they can put it overhead, but they're not moving well. Maybe their uh, neurological system's tired. They might have been in school all day or working. They're just not focused and the bar is going all over the place. You know, the weight has to come off. It has to reflect your technique that day. Other times people will come in, this happened just a week ago, I think, or two, and someone says, you know what, Um, I just want to work on my technique, I I don't want to lift weight, and I I saw them lift, and they were moving well, and they were strong, and I said, you have to put weight on the bar, you're here to lift weight, it's weightlifting. So it's going to be what your technique allows, it's going to be how you're moving that day, and it's also going to be what your coach thinks is appropriate, you know? Uh in terms of like when is it too soon or too not soon and stuff like there's no there's no hard and fast rule there's no i've been weightlifting for three weeks i should add five pounds right like don't get into that mindset it's all it's an individual journey for everybody it's going to be strictly up to you and somebody else's add more weight might not be your add more weight right somebody might throw on five pounds you might throw on three it doesn't equate it's the equal effort and equal progress on each of your parts so just make sure you're keeping it individual and keeping it within the realms of your uh, technique.
0: Cool. Uh, I like that. Uh, we have, you know, some some younger athletes that are starting up. Um, younger, being anywhere from like 12 to 15 or whatever, and and through base camp they're learning some of the some of the Olympic lifts. We kind of scale the movements to make it a little bit easier. We get them pulling from high hang and from launch and stuff, and it's it's primarily the the guys that are like can i add more weight when can i add more weight and i'm like well the bar path isn't straight like we we need to get the bar path fixed up and you should feel like when you're you know say snatching that empty bar overhead it should feel effortless and that bar should just be flying up there it shouldn't be a struggle and you shouldn't be taking a couple steps to to kind of stabilize it so Um, you know, just being patient with that and, you know, the weight will come, you got to get that bar moving well, and then, then we can start adding a bit more weight. And, uh, I think Craig had mentioned something about like, you know, if your central nervous system is shot and you've shown up for weightlifting class, um, you know, maybe, maybe you did a couple of harder workouts earlier in the week, whether it's weightlifting or CrossFit or, you know, stressful nights and lack of sleep that can all affect your lifting. And say you, uh, you know say you've lifted a weight 100 times before and you know it, it's you know a, above 80 percent or something like that and it is challenging and then maybe that day you're just not having a good day and you're not able to hit that weight. And, you know, I've heard people say like, I've done this before and they're frustrated. And it's like, just because you know, you've done that weight before, it doesn't mean it's a given if it's at 85, 90%, um, like you still really have to focus and pay attention and, you know, do what you did when you were hitting that weight. It's not, you know, it's not a given just because you hit it at one, uh, you know, last week doesn't mean it's, it's a freebie today. Yeah, that's
1: absolutely right. That's a good point there. What you do during the day for previous workouts, the day before, even the day before that, that all creates a fatigue on your body, on your nervous system. It's dependent on your nutrition. It's dependent on your recovery time. But you'll carry it from day to day. So what you do, if, you, if you're snatching 100 pounds all the time and you might come in, You're not entitled to that 100 pounds because you might not be a 100-pound day, right? Maybe you come in and you bust your ass and you get 70 pounds in the snatch and you know what? That doesn't mean that it wasn't a good day because you didn't get your 100 pounds, which is kind of the norm, right? You know, there's a lot of factors that come into how you perform on a particular day. Uh, Workouts influence, sleep influences it, work, stress, nutrition, all these things, right? So don't fall in the trap of thinking, you know, that you're not having a good session because you're not hitting the good weights. Cause that's not necessarily the case.
0: Completely true. Craig, completely true. Amen, uh, Paul. <laughs> so, uh, so Craig, Craig's done really well in lifting. He's gone to, uh, master's championships, uh, the Canadian master's championships the past two years. And, uh, and he's medaled in both of them. And, uh, he's, he's pretty, pretty driven. Like it's, cool to come into the gym and seeing him like you know working on working on his lifting or squatting and I know not everyone gets to see this but when he's he's training in those compression underwear I think he calls them shorts but it's I think it's compression underwear Um, just seeing the changes in his body like uh, when I asked him like when he came to Bronx Park like how much did he weigh then he said it was like close to 290 and just seeing where he is now like his, his legs are pretty chiseled. He's got a nice round bum. It looks, it looks really like somebody, uh, somebody took a, you know, a chisel to some stone and, uh, and made it look pretty beautiful. So, um, <laughs> with that being said, what are three things that have helped create success in your, uh, your lifting career so far, Craig?
1: Okay. Well, that's a whole new level of awkward. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> I can't even look him in the eye right now. Cause I'm blushing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I, don't, I don't like to brag or I try to be humble because ultimately I don't think medals are a big deal. But, yes, I'm the current senior provincial champion and I am the current Masters national champion. So I guess that's something. Uh, what has helped uh, create success in your lifting career? Three things. Uh, well, it would be like success in anything, right? Like uh, in any sport, whether you want to be in CrossFit and go to the, the regionals or whether you want to be a lifter or whether you want to be a figure skater. Uh, first thing that creates success, obviously, is you need uh, the right training environment. Uh, that's going to be a combination of, I don't know, two or three things. One, it's going to be, I think possibly, I think one and two are equally valuable. Uh, one would be coaching. You obviously need somebody who has a good eye, who know has knowledge of the sport, whatever that sport may be, and they, uh, and they know the direction that you need to move in. So uh, good, sp- good coaching would be one. Uh, number two would be, uh, for lack of a better word, your team, right? Your, your, your camaraderie. You need to be surrounded with like-minded individuals if you want to excel, right? That's one thing that's great about Stark when you see people doing weightlifting or CrossFit. Everybody is, uh, is supportive. They're all on the same team. They all have the same goals. That's the environment you need for success, right? It's, uh, it's really rare that you're gonna excel on your own. Some people do it, some people have that drive and they have that focus that they can train solo. Uh, I can't really, if I go to the gym and I'm by myself, I just play on my phone and cry in the corner. So uh, one and two is gonna be a tie for coaching and your team. Uh, number three, uh, not too far behind, is gonna be your recovery. It's going to be the time you dedicate to uh, improving your situation outside of the gym, right? You do the work inside of the gym, but the gains come outside. And that's going to be sleep. That's going to be nutrition. Uh, that's going to be what you do to relax and de-stress. That's going to be just just life, right? It's not all about the gym. You have to have that balance and your time spent outside of the gym, I would say, is probably more important than the, uh, the time spent in uh, when it comes to making progress. So uh, three things, yeah, coaching,
0: team, recovery. Cool. Those are all those are all good points, and um, yeah, sometimes sometimes overlooked. Like I know you know, coaching wise, if people can uh, can look around, and there's always stuff on Instagram. You look at what different athletes are doing and, and stuff like that, and um, you know what they're lifting. You're like, why am I not there, or you know, why can't I do that? And and you don't know how long these athletes have been training for. You don't know, uh, you know, what their background is. If they've got like, you know, ten years of Olympic lifting in their background or gymnastics and stuff like that, and uh, you know that that makes it really tough. You know, the team having the right people around you that are supportive of what you're doing, um, always very helpful, which is which is cool to hear. Um, and that doesn't matter. You know what? Where wherever you go. Uh, if you have that support and and you feel like, you know, people are on your side, it makes it that much that much easier. Um and then the recovery part, I love that cuz I think a lot of people overlook that. They they think about putting in more and more and more work and they think that's going to get them further. If you are seeing progress, um that's great and that's exactly what you want, but it doesn't always mean that you have to put a ton more volume in to get a little bit more out of it. You know, like Craig said, maybe it is just spending spending the night watching a movie or just, you know, meal prep uh or you know just going to bed and making sure that you're getting eight to nine hours of sleep if you are putting a lot of training volume in. But um no I love those things. Yeah and
1: it's also uh it's also a little bit of discipline that has to come. Like for instance today it's it's hot out. I know if I open the doors here and I train I would sweat and I would feel good. And, and, you know, I would have uh, a good time. It would be enjoyable. I could probably suck Paul into throwing a barbell around too. But uh, at the same time, I was up for work at four in the morning and I'm tired and my legs are sore and my knees are creaky and it's killing me to not lift today, but I just have to take the day off, right? And that's, that's a, a long-term view, right? Like, you know, I want to lift today. I, I know I have energy, I know I could, but then that might cost me a heavier workout tomorrow or Sunday, right? So you just have to kind of, sometimes you have to suck it up and get your ass to the gym. And sometimes you have to suck it up and keep yourself out of the gym, right?
0: And it's okay to take a day off every once in a while. You know, you're not going to sometimes send athletes home when they come in and they're just dragging their butts and they're not moving well and it's like just, Jump on a foam roller, roll out, and get out of here because you're not going to make any any gains today. Um, so, uh, what's what's next for Craig Gilbert? Uh, what are you've got some? I know you've got some goals for like lifetime PRs and any any competitions ahead that you're looking forward to, or what are uh, what are your plans, Craig?
1: Yeah, uh, short term uh, next competition will be in August. I happen to have some time off work. Uh, that coincides with a big competition in BC that I think might might have 150, 160 lifters, something like that, and uh, and a lot of strong people in BC too. There's a lot of uh, big tough clubs. Hercules is out there. Viking is out there. Uh, a lot of a lot of high level coaching and lifting out there. So uh, knowing that I'm going to go out there as a senior and uh, have almost zero chance to medal but doing it because I like the sport and I like the challenge. I'm, I've started training for that now, a dedicated 12-week training cycle that'll uh, culminate in that. That's uh, short-term. Uh, fall time, uh, like the, there's always the local Manitoba Weightlifting Association ones in uh, October, November, February that uh, we've gone to, and hopefully we can get some Stark members out. Uh, in the last year or so, we've seen a lot of people here start lifting and Really excel. They're moving some good weight. They're moving well, and uh, they're good candidates for competition. So hopefully, we can get something going with that. And uh, long term uh, is actually very fortunate. Uh, in 2018, the Pan Am Championships are in Canada, in Gas Bay, Quebec. So uh, it's, if you're over 30, it's a great opportunity to come compete. Uh, in your own home country which saves on travel saves on everything you don't have to learn to speak spanish or anything nobody's going to kidnap you from the dominican right got to yeah. learn to speak french right right so that'll be in uh, that'll be in 2018 and uh, hopefully we can take a few over 30s to that and then in 2019 the world masters championships are also in canada in montreal and uh France, and period. The the yeah the French will carry over right so that's that's like the pinnacle of the sport if you're over uh, thirty five actually in Canada you can compete as a masters at thirty but worldwide it's thirty five and uh, if you think that's old and over the hill masters for swimming is twenty five so it's still high performance it's still like uh, Michael Phelps is just about a master swimmer I think in one more year maybe or two more years so uh, there's still high level oh no he's got to be thirty he's He's well into master's territory, and still he's got uh, still destroying everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's very high level competition. It's fortunate that it's in Canada, and I'm young enough to hopefully do good. Paul says, "What's my numbers?" You know what? I always tell people in the gym, well, don't focus on numbers and uh, focus on technique, and the numbers will come. But uh, for myself, that's a lie. I have numbers that I want to hit in my lifetime. Uh, I think it's reasonable, and my coach thinks so too, that I could snatch 140, which is a 308 snatch, and uh, clean and jerk maybe 165-ish, which is about mm, 320, 350, about 368-ish. I don't know. It's too late in the day to do math. So maybe maybe, maybe 300, 350, somewhere around their lifetime I'd be happy with. Right. That's, uh, that's all depending on staying healthy and training smart though. Right. So who knows, who knows what the future has.
0: Cool. I love that you have goals for, you know, two, three years down the road and that you're looking forward to stuff like that. I know, uh, you know, some people are looking for, you know, how good they can get in a month and stuff like that. And that's not always very realistic. Most, most times it's not, um, another thing that you had mentioned is, is competing and, uh, um, you know, even even some of our newer lifters, um, who have maybe been doing it six months or a year or so, maybe a little longer, but haven't stepped on the platform um, for weightlifting. I think uh, I think it's a great experience, um, especially if you know you're you're thinking about it or you've done a CrossFit competition. They are completely different. Um, it isn't, you know, the the intensity is high for your for your lifts, but when it comes to uh, you know you have to be you have to be in control. You only get your three lifts for your snatch, and you only get your three for your clean and jerk. Um, you go out onto stage. Everyone's looking at you. It's quiet, um, and yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure you're you're on for that. But uh, you know, I don't think having having goal weights before you go and compete is a a great way to go. You know, anytime someone wants to do like a 5k, their very first 5k or a half marathon or, you know, a CrossFit comp or a weightlifting comp, like just go and do it for the experience and have fun with it. Rather than, um, you know, this is, I want to place, you know, top three on the podium or whatever. And it's like, you don't know who else is going to show up and how long they've been doing this. So, um, you know, I, I always suggest go have fun with it your first time and then maybe start setting some goals because then you at least have had the experience and you have an idea of what you might be able to, to tweak to make your, your next uh, stage presence or competition a bit more successful.
1: Yeah, that's a good point for anybody who might be thinking of competing and uh they're nervous, they're intimidated, they've never done it before. Uh you know, I, I remember FrostFit, I went out and I competed. Well I, I don't I did it, I don't know if I competed, but <laughs> I technically I competed. And uh some of the other members from our gym came out there as well for uh for their first competition and did uh did very well. We were all very proud of them. But uh, I was getting a couple of comments like, hey coach, um, I'm nervous because I'm worried that I'm going to look bad. And uh, I'm worried that all these other people are going to be better than me. And I get a lot of comments like that. And that's all natural, right? That's all that's all normal to feel, right? But like Paul said, you have no control over who else shows up that day and how skilled they are, right? You, you can't control their preparation, their their ability to recover. You can't control their nutrition, so if you can't control it, it shouldn't be any factor in your decision-making process, right? All you can, tr- can control is, uh, is your own training, your own nutrition, and how much fun you decide you're going to have, right? And when you look at competition, stuff like that, and say, you know what, like, I can do my best, and that's, that's what it's about, like, that's competing, right? Then, then you might be more open to it, right? I think we have a lot of members in our gym who could compete in uh, CrossFit competitions and excel and do really good. Uh, we have a lot of people that can compete as weightlifters too, and uh, for both those groups, I hope we can get them out
0: this fall. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, well, it was uh, it was awesome having you on, Craig, and uh, sharing your your knowledge with you know our members and anyone out there who might be listening to this podcast. Uh, is there anything else you wanna you wanna add or say before we wrap up?
1: uh well that, that I feel like I was just went overtime at the Academy Awards and I'm getting played off here but <laughs> no I'm just kidding um no i I think this was a good discussion I think we gave a good uh, amount of basic information for people who uh who might like weightlifting want to come out uh I want to see more of you in class uh, at the new gym we're gonna have longer uh training times I know at our gym currently we only have an hour for uh Tuesdays and Thursdays hour and a half for uh for Saturdays and uh, for weightlifting to really get the most out of it. We need a little more time. Fortunately, we're going to have that. We're going to have two hour sessions on Tuesday and Thursday nights. So uh, even if you can't make current sessions because of weight or whatever, hopefully you can get down in the evening. We're going to have two hours on Saturdays and uh, we'll be able to program and train a lot more uh, in a dedicated weightlifting fashion, right? More, uh, more focus on both lists per session, uh, some more, yeah, some more time for squatting pulls, more time to address pers- uh, like personal challenges, what you need to work on. So that's going to be really exciting. We're really looking forward to that. So uh, we're hoping to get more and more people out to experience this sport.
0: Cool. Well, once again, thank you for, uh, for coming out, Craig. And um, yeah, he did mention uh, about our new space. So we are moving into uh, Stark 2.0 July 21st, 22nd and 23rd. So that's a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So if you've got, you know, a little bit of hustle and a little bit of muscle and you want to come out and uh, help with the move, that would be awesome. We'll be posting some stuff on Instagram and Facebook, um, you know, prior to the move, uh, which will be great. Um, We do have some, some, different, uh, classes starting up there as well, which I'm pretty excited about. So like Craig mentioned, we are doing some extended weightlifting classes, um, so that people can get a little bit more out of it, uh, spend a little more time, you know, lifting, hitting both lifts in a session, um, doing some, uh, squats and some pulls on top of that, which will be great. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Terrence is here and then uh, what else are we doing we, We've got stark fit we've got stark fit which is going to be a class that has nothing to do with barbells and weightlifting um, so people who love uh, who love to sweat want to come in get in a good 45 minute workout using some sandbags kettlebells battle ropes rings, med balls, boxes, um did I say sleds? Uh maybe I did, but all that kind of stuff. So they're gonna be forty-five minute classes that you can start right away. You don't have to go through our base camp or on ramp to uh to get into that, which is gonna be cool. Opens it up to some other people. And we also have some Stark Guardians uh Stark Guardians program that's gonna be starting up too. So people who are maybe you know a little bit and want to start training but may be a little intimidated jumping into classes with quote unquote younger kids. Um, you know there's there's definitely uh, some things that we can do to help get people fitter and enjoy their quality of life a little bit more and hopefully increase that. Um we've also got stark yoga which is going to be starting out which is pretty cool so we got one of our members Jordan who's a, a yogi of 10 years who is doing her certification in uh, in yin yoga we're going to be combining that with some rom wad and um and mobility wad kind of putting all that stuff together into a class and uh, you're going to get like feedback from your coach just like our regular crossfit classes um and we are going to have obviously our regular CrossFit and fitness classes all across the board. So um, we're looking forward to having way more space and uh, and a lot more fun in our in our new space. So uh, keep checking out uh, Instagram at Start CrossFit or our Facebook page for more info. We just threw up our newsletter yesterday with a ton of info. So if you want to head over to the Facebook page and check that out, Um yeah, go and do it. Uh, We'd love to have you by. And, you know, even if you're not into CrossFit or weightlifting, we've got some stuff uh, that uh, I'm sure you're going to be pretty excited about. So once again, thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, we look forward to, to having you down. Take care, everyone.